Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Episode 25 of the Bomber Brothers Podcast, part of the Pinstripe Alley community of podcasts. It's Glaber Day over here for our podcast number 25. And Sean, it's uh, getting closer to playoff time. The Yankees' playoff picture, at least, is um, becoming clear. Still plenty to be decided over in the wild card side of things, but that's looking like it's not going to be the Yankees' worry anymore this year. The Yankees have dropped two in a row to Tampa while Houston is one two in a row so I think we could um get set to face the twins as I don't think the Yankees are going to be taking that top spot in the American League back from the Astros who have looked like an unstoppable force Zach Greinke came two outs away from pitching a no hitter last night which I'm sure he's happy that he didn't given his comments about how annoying no (laughs) or how much of a nuisance no hitters are well, uh, I mean, kind of like that he almost threw a no-hitter. Usually guys have a little bit of a fall-off after that. Well, sometimes they do. Verlander seems to have not. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that, you know, I uh, I was long asleep by the time he uh, he started getting close. So, um, yeah, I am I mean, I, I really don't think that having the second spot is the worst thing because the A's are – Pretty much the second hottest team in baseball right now after the Astros, and we're third, I would say. Things could have changed recently, but the last time I looked that up, that's pretty much what it is. And um, I think you forget about the Brewers. Oh, well, I, I'm talking about the American League specifically, excuse me. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Brewers, that's amazing. They lose Yelich, and then they go on that crazy tear. What, were they, what are they now, 12-2 and two since they lost Yelich? I think. Uh, something like that. Something anyway, absurd. Uh, um. So I really think maybe playing the Twins might be the best thing for the for the Yankees because either having to play the A's or go – I mean, I know they've handled the Rays pretty well this year. I really don't take any stock in the last two games, and we'll get into that. But I'd hate to have to watch a Yankee playoff game in that shithole. And <laughs> if the ball goes off the catwalk there, I'm just going to lose my mind. So um, – they played the Twins well this year. They had that crazy series, but still managed to out-hit them. No, does anybody on the Twins pitching staff scare you? I guess that's my first question. I don't really think it's their pitching staff. It's the massive amount of dingers they're able to produce against 
whatever pitching they seem to face. That's that's the part that uh, that frightens me. You know who would have frightened me was Michael Pineda because he would have been the typical former Yankee who struggled with the Yankees shuts down the current Yankee. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it would have been the equivalent of Eovaldi shutting the Yankees down in the playoffs um, just because I, I could have totally seen that unfolding. But now he's he's out, so that's that's not a concern. But no, I, I like I like this matchup. There's probably going to be a lot of home runs, but. I mean, if if there's if there's a team out there that can slug with the Twins, it's it is the Yankees. So I'm I'm okay with this matchup. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think the Yankees and Twins offenses are, are relatively equal, um, but I also think the Yankees have much better uh, much better arms out of the bullpen. And I mean, we got to talk about Luis Severino has been awesome. And when you pair that with the unstoppable force that has been James Paxton. Now all of a sudden we're starting to look like we have real, a real rotation. Um, and Tanaka's looked okay. And he's always really good in the playoffs. And Jay Happ has been really good. Um, last night, the opener gives up a couple runs. He comes up, gives up one run in five innings or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but, Hap, Hap did get knocked around a bit, but bailed out. In, in one yeah. inning, he gave Garden, up three Garden shots. Made, yeah, a couple nice, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, so uh, what do you think, what do you take away, if anything, from these past two games? I mean, it, it has mainly been um, an experiment with their openers to see what they're going to, I assume, what they're going to use for that fourth game of a postseason series. It's looking like the trio of... Paxton, Tanaka, Severino will take the first three games, and then game four will be an opener, most likely Chad Green, and then they go to a, a CC or a HAP, and and then hopefully to those uh, big four in the back end of the bullpen. But I, what did you what did you take away, if anything, from these two games at the Trop, which are mm-hmm. hopefully the last two games they play there? <laughs> Absolutely nothing, because the. Um... The place is a joke, <laughs> and yeah, that that's about all I got. Um, I didn't take anything away from it. I thought the Yankees were just screwing around um, more than anything with their pitching strategy, bringing CC in, seeing how that worked. It went well. Um, I also think it's probably harder for the hitters to focus. They know they have everything wrapped up. They're playing in a crap ballpark. Um, they know that they're, they're just kind of going through the motions at this point. Uh, I'd look to see them maybe this weekend – uh, explode a little bit while they, they start to kind of renew their focus as they get ready for the postseason. But I don't really take anything away except nobody got hurt, so that's good. That's that's really all I have. Yeah, well, um, that was almost not the case. Yeah, I know. That's, uh, yeah, that, w- that was scary with Urshela. But, um, I mean, nobody got hurt. And what I more take from it is the videos in BP of Sanchez and uh, Encarnacion and watching Sanchez catch a yes. bullpen. That that's really what I take from it is that the is that the team's starting to get healthy again. I mean that's that's what matters. Yeah, we're we're talking about being able to slug with the Twins. If you want to do that, you need Edwin Encarnacion and Gary Sanchez in your lineup, two of the team's best home run hitters. So it's going to be huge to get them back, um, especially hopefully by Friday to get them a couple games before the the postseason starts maybe get them a couple um, get them a couple plate appearances over this final weekend and then you have a couple a few days to 
to kind of rest up and get back to 100% and then get ready for the postseason. So those two would be huge additions to the lineup, obviously. And, you know, in terms of in terms of myself, in terms of things I, I took away from the series was that I guess I love what I'm seeing out of Chad Green recently. I mean, he was dominant in um, in his role on, on Tuesday. Uh, CeCe looked really good out, out of the bullpen. Struck, what, struck out two batters? Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, in terms of the offense, I'm not really taking anything away. Do you have any concern about the current infield situation? Because you look at, all right, Luke Voigt is one for his last 24. Ever since he hit into that awful baseball luck back at the stadium, he has been on a a nosedive. So he's one for his last 24. Gio Urshela, you know, he took one off the hand the other day, but his... His WRC plus in July and August was somewhere in the 170s, and in September so far it's at 51. And unfortunately, because he's one of our favorites, but Didi has continued. I mean, Didi has offensively gotten worse every month since he's since he's come back from Tommy John. He's down to a 63 WRC plus in in September. His uh, weighted OBA has gone down consistently each month since he's gotten back. Uh, back in June so I mean that's that's three infield pieces that have really been struggling lately I don't know if uh, you take anything from that if you know obviously the postseason becomes a a clean slate and guys that struggle down the stretch can all of a sudden turn it on because it's you know it's it is the postseason but it's still baseball and it's still randomness so anything can can change like it does throughout the regular season but those are three key pieces that at least over the past and not so small sample size have have been struggling pretty badly. Yeah, I, I would say out of that group, I'm probably the most worried about Didi, just because it's been a a yeah, long term decline. And I mean, with you know Urshela and Voigt both in the last two weeks have hit the ball harder than Didi. I'm just looking at the exit velocity over the last two weeks. Um, and and Didi's been down in like the the mid to high 80s pretty much all year um where Shella and Voyer are you know right around 90 um so so that's that's really concerning to me uh, the th- you know I, I was reading some articles on the athletic and and a couple other ones and all of them seem to indicate that Luke Voigt is going to be the odd man out because he's dealing with the core issue he has only hit two home runs since he's come back but um i mean if you take away Mike Ford and um, Clint Frazier, both of which I don't think will be on the postseason roster. Luke Voigt does have the fourth highest exit velo on the team in the, on the last two weeks. So it's not like he's not impacting the ball. It's just like we said, he's hitting into some tough luck. He's not elevating the ball right now, but those things come. And he has been drawing a lot of walks, which is encouraging. Um, yeah. But Didi really worries me. He's hitting the ball on the ground a ton. And when he is getting the ball in the air, he seems to be popping it out, popping it up a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if you're going to the playoffs, is your best infield Didi on the bench, especially against a, um, a left-handed starter? Honestly, the, I thought it was a no. I thought that was a no-brainer heading into September, mm-hmm. and Urshela has really started to struggle in September. And <laughs> I guess that doesn't really change anything because Didi has been struggling even worse. And that's kind of been the continuation of a trend where Shell is more of 
a blip on the radar given his performance over the rest of the regular season. But yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely make the argument that the ideal an ideal lineup would be um, Urshela at third and maybe Torres at short, Lemayhu at second, and then first. Um, well, then who who do you have DHing in that situation? Because the outfield would likely be Stanton, Gardner, Judge. So I DH Voigt. DH Voigt. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I, like you were saying, I, I was reading the um, athletic kind of roundtable discussion about the Yankees postseason, and, and a couple of them did have uh, Voigt as an odd man out, which I actually found interesting. He has well, he mean, has been struggling, but still, his I mean, on base is still three forty one. Yeah, in the last month he's only hitting two twenty two in his last thirty games or his last twenty two games, excuse me. But his on base is three forty one. So I mean, you know, he's still getting on base. He's still providing value. Whereas if you look at Didi in his last twenty one games, so one less game, his on base is two thirty nine. That's, I mean, Void is x you know, double the fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's the problem with Didi is he doesn't he has never been one to work a lot of walks. So when he slumps, he really slumps because he struggles to get on base, no matter you know no matter how he can. Voit, Judge, those Torres, those guys who slump in terms of making quality contact, they still work good at bats and get deep into counts and and work walks and get on base. I think Didi has a struggle with that. So when he's slumping, it's it's really glaring, and. I, th- I think Voight and Encarnacion kind of brings up an interesting, an interesting dilemma. Do you ha- do you play Encarnacion at first, or do you do you DH him so you make sure that Oblique doesn't get too much stress, or or with Voight, do you DH him so his you know if there's any lingering effects of that core injury, it doesn't flare up as much, or or do you put him at first so Encarnacion can get rest? I think that'll be an interesting um, storyline that Boone's going to have to settle and come the ALDS. Yeah, I, I think Encarnacion's a superior defender over there. Um, but, I, I mean, you could just pretty much flip-flop, get, give, you know, one game each. That Either way, neither guy is good over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not bringing Mark Deshera or Tino Martinez or Don Mattingly up at first base. So, But that's – and and that's also why this, um, this slump by Voigt – comes at uh, an inopportune time, I guess you could say, because you could have, you could have had, or I'm sorry, not Void, Didi, because you could have mm-hmm. had Urshela, Didi, Torres, and maybe just put LeMahieu at first, and then it, honestly, I don't love LeMahieu at first. He, yeah, but you can tell love he's Encarnacion not or Void at first. I, I prefer Encarnacion out of the three, honestly. I feel like he understands the position the best. I just there's been things with with LeMahieu that you just see like not getting off the bag, like not you know what I mean. Just there's certain situations like for with you at third base or a shortstop that you know exactly when you have to concede to come off the bag and not go for the pit, like you know things like that. He just he hasn't been great with, but uh, I mean his glove is great. It's just just the position, which I mean he played what four games there before this year, so totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I, I like Encarnacion there the best, personally. Um, and I think I'd, I'd have Voight in the lineup over Didi or Urshela um, at this point. So they can figure it out from there. But um, I, I think Encarnacion and Voight both should be in the lineup. Um, I, I think you, it comes down to Didi versus Urshela. And just Boone probably goes matchup righty-lefty there. 
which yeah, I I, I know that DD brings something to the team that's on you know unquantifiable, and I, I hesitate before I say stuff like that. But I mean, there definitely is a different feeling when he's in the lineup, especially against a right-handed pitcher. But um, it's not um, it's not worth it as much when he's hitting like this. And I'm actually wondering. I'm looking at his career line. His OPS this year is 105 points lower than it was last year. And 72 points lower than it was the year before. Do you think he takes a qualifying offer? Yeah, I think it's becoming more and more possible. I I think the Yankees would offer him one, especially for one more year. But then the problem becomes, because they only have LeMahieu for two years, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd lose LeMahieu and DD at the same time. Yeah, possibly, anyway. unless they we'll try to extend LeMayu or something like that. But uh, let's see, what else? What else was I going to ask you? Oh, what have you uh, What have you made of Stanton since his return? Yeah, I mean, he's looked pretty good. He's he hit the ball hard. He yeah. had one of like the one and a half hits they had the night before last, and <laughs> um, he hit a bomb home run. Had a, a couple doubles mixed in. He's looked really good. Yeah, and he's looked pretty good on defense too. Can't complain. I'm excited. I mean, you know, you think about it. We haven't really seen the full group together at all, uh, except for what, like six games or whatever it was. Yep. And like that when Stanton first came back. So I don't know. It's uh, to quote the Matrix. I'm, you know, it's a very exciting time. Let's see what see what they're <laughs> capable of once they get all get together. But. Um, I I think Stanton's looked really good uh, since since he come he came back, um, and I'm not worried about him. I you know he's going to chase his sliders in the dirt. We've talked about this. It's just it's going to happen. He's a slugger. So I don't know what have, what have you thought about John Carlo? No, same. I, I mean his first few games at the at the tail end of that final homestand were very encouraging. Again, I don't take much away from games at at the Trop, so we'll see how he does in this final weekend. But I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely encouraged, and based on how some some key guys are slumping right now, they definitely are are going to need him, and especially because the outfield is is pretty thin. I mean, you outside of him, Gardner and Judge. I mean, who really would be your fourth outfield I, at at this point? I mean, is is the fourth outfielder somebody like Tyler Wade? You know, like the, they've obvious the way they've been using Wade, at least to me, makes it seem like that he has a pretty strong chance to be on the postseason roster. I yeah, well, I think they'll have um, Cameron, Maven, and Wade on the roster. Yeah, and then you know the all the infield logjam that we talked about, and the you know Romine Sanchez, and then a bunch of pitchers. That'll be it. That sounds that sounds about right. And it looks like Loisaga doesn't want to be on because he didn't pitch so well yesterday. I know doesn't it's a, it's a shame too because he flashes some nasty stuff. <laughs> I mean, he's hitting ninety nine at times, but I mean, hey, at least that at least he has the potential to become like a really good another really good bullpen arm if things don't work out for him as a starter. But with that kind of stuff, I mean, you know, he has the potential to become an elite reliever, but yeah, I don't think I, I would take the chance with him. 
and I, I think the same could be said for for Nestor Cortez. He was he was fun to watch for a while with how he messed with the hitters' time, mm-hmm. but he has been getting hit hard. I do not think he's a postseason option at all. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, I think Sessa is. It's it's pretty incredible, right? Sessa's actually been been throwing well, and all of a sudden he does look like he can be a postseason option. I yeah I, I totally agree. Who do you think? Because by the next time we record, we will have the postseason postseason roster, correct? Yeah. Right? We'll we'll record. You want to, you want to try to predict it live on air? Do you think that's exciting for listeners, or do you think they're probably saying don't don't do that, please? They're probably saying don't do that. <laughs> what jerks? Yeah. Damn you all. <laughs> you I, I think to make it a little easier, we can just kind of predict the the you know fringe the fringe guys like like you said, Maven and Tyler Wade in terms of position players and um and then in terms of the pitching staff you have Sessa as the last as the last arm in. Uh yeah, I'd probably have him. Yeah, that's probably what I what I would see happening too. Twelve position players, um, thirteen pitchers. Yeah, makes sense to me. It's going to be interesting. So I mean, man, what else is what else is there to talk about? <laughs> Who cares? What, what, yeah, um, what else is there to talk about when there's been games played since we last recorded that clearly don't really carry much meaning? Um, Haven't had a I deal mean, with this in a while. We we said we would talk about the um, the Domingo Herman thing, but is there really anything more to say than we talked about in our bonus episode of and like you know screw him? There's really no other details have come out. There's nothing that um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's nothing nothing new that that's popped up. Thankfully, yeah. I mean we we talked during the clinching episode and kind of said we'll just mention it and then dive into it more next episode. But then of course. We both had some pretty strong feelings about it and wound up getting it all out last episode. But I think since we last recorded, the only news that has come out was confirmation that he won't be in the postseason. So that's about the latest news, which I think which I think is, is good. I don't think I would want to see him pitching for the Yankees in, in the postseason after, after what's come out. So mm-hmm. other than that. Won't see him in the postseason, so that's good. Still, we'll see Chapman. Well, who does yeah, not I mean, pitch? Who been... has not pitched a lot lately? Yeah, I, I, that's what I don't understand. It, it seems so blatant that on Tuesday night they're trying to get everybody in, and then like they they do the don't bring the closer in in, in on the road thing. I don't get it. Yeah, like why why not just get him some innings? It's. I, I hope he's not hurt and they're like covering it or anything. That would be um pretty catastrophic to the bullpen. But I mean I feel like we would have heard something by now. Yeah. I agree. Well, in in terms of the bullpen, um we were talking about Adovino's struggles and he's he he's looked like a a different pitcher his last two outings, right? Two two perfect outings. I think one was two strikeouts on six pitches and then he looked great on Tuesday against Tampa Bay former friend of the podcast Mark Rigg talked to him and said that he went out to a a dark Yankee stadium (laughs) and had a talk with the universe (laughs) which uh, I think Luke Voigt should do and 
uh, Didi should do if if it's working like that for Adovino. More guys need to talk to the universe. That's yeah, I couldn't agree more. So. I, um, I, you know, he he looked really good, and and it seemed like a lot of his issues were were tough luck, and he, you know, the slider did get hit a little bit, some awful fielding choices by him, but yeah, he'll be all right. All right, I mean, we're we're clearly we're clearly out of gas here in terms of who. Stuff wait, to talk hold on. About. Who's your who's your bullpen pieces? Because I have Paxton, Sevy, Tanaka, Hap as your rotation, quote unquote. By the way, I think they should probably just start Hap traditionally. He's been fine. Uh, I I don't know. That's just my opinion. I for some I, I like the idea of him avoiding the top of the order to start. That's fair, but it, it doesn't really matter. Here's your bullpen: Green, Canley, Britton, Otto, Chapman. CC Sessa, who else do you have in there? Because I only use eleven pitchers so far. That's true. Ben Heller. Okay. <laughs> it's the the way they've been using Corey Guerin. It seemed like that they really wanted to. They wanted him as a candidate to join the postseason um, pitching staff. I don't know they could what, want that all they want. <laughs> yeah, that that that's frightening. I find that frightening. I mean, they've used him in 14 games in the last month, and he's got a five-seven. Yeah, no thanks. Last Why thing we he... last thing we need is for him to come into a game with <laughs> like runners on, and that toe tap becomes a problem. And oh god, <laughs> can you imagine? I I really don't know who. I I mean, maybe it does become Ben Heller. I, I think that's who I think that's the choice. All right, so then you roll with only twelve pitchers. That I mean, I'm fine with that because then you could put because then you could have thirteen position players, which I think they're they're probably apt to do. Yeah, I'm fine with that as well. I mean, look, it's the postseason. You're going to have a, a good number of off days, so pitchers are going to get rest. Mm-hmm. All right, sounds good to me. Well, now that we got the postseason roster figured out, I'm going to I'm going to save this, and if if we're right, we'll uh, we'll throw ourselves a little party. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, we didn't win the wiffle ball tournament. No, hey, we played strong. We were a man down, so we had a wide open hole in the outfield. It was like uh, it was like if the Yankees do what they're going to do with with Zach Britton and have five infielders. And why why that, wait till now though to do that that's, that's what i don't get <laughs> it just sounds like something that like they've toyed like they've thrown around and, and talked about yeah but um yeah. i don't think it's something they would do but yeah that is what our outfield kind of looked like in terms of how much space was out there and hey still what made the sweet 16 finished top 10 in the round robin that's that's pretty solid yeah i i mean just you know the last game they, they hit a bunch of little ground balls and that was all. That was all she wrote. But definitely could see the different levels of our competitiveness in that. Because like when we were playing that team that in the first round of the playoffs that just showed up like drunk and yeah. I was like, man, f these people. I want to kick their ass. And you're like, oh yeah, just here, hit it. You could pitch on. <laughs> well, we were winning like nine to nothing. So <laughs> and I'm like, I want to murder them. And then the second game, we're just having bad luck. And I'm like, it's all right, you're fine. And you're like, god damn it, Kyle's not here. Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh- 
That the third bomber brother really screwed us. I mean, Kyle, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not. No, he's not. If we if we had you there, we probably would have been the champions. Well, yeah, and that and I realized that because you look at the rest of the tournament, I was like, man, like we could win this just us two. But then you see all those grounders squeak by where where Kyle would have literally been standing right there. Then yeah, then I start getting mad. And that that pitcher that we faced in the game we got knocked out was the classic ace, where if you don't get to him early, which we did, we put up four <laughs> runs in the first, but then he shut us down. Coming into our kitchen. It was like it was like we were the twins in the first inning of the wild card game, and then and then he switched from Severino to the Yankee bullpen, and we couldn't yeah. touch him the rest of the game. Just got it. Just got in our in our in on our hands. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that. That was that. Right. I don't know. There's there's nothing going on. We're just getting ready for October. Yeah, yeah. Like we I are. said, very exciting time. So. I mean that's not until next. That doesn't start until next week Friday. From, yeah, a week from. Tomorrow. I got a wedding the day of game one, the night of game one. That's rough. I had a dream last night that for some reason they started the game at ten thirty, and I was like, "Well, damn it, this sucks." But now that I woke up, I'm like, "Oh, that would have actually been really good. I could watch most of the game." Yeah, anyway, I've, I've got Friday night football at work, so I wouldn't have minded that either. Oh, uh, that's that's tough. But anyway, yeah, I'll I'll be. I hope they have TV at like the bar or something, or otherwise I'll have to just stream it and figure out what the hell's going on. And then we'll be there for Saturday. But like you said, that's not for another two weeks, not, not till next Friday. So what are you looking forward to this weekend or this week? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, I, I don't. I, I guess I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Sanchez and and the Parrot come back and see and see how they do, and then just. Uh, and then I guess you can still count it as as next week because we won't record until Thursday. But I'm I'm actually really looking forward to watching these wild card games for once and not being <laughs> on the verge of a heart attack the the entire time. <laughs> so it'll be nice to objectively watch those do or die games and probably appreciate them more for just how intense they can be because three of the last four years it, mm-hmm. has, it has been us as the victims of those. Uh, heart attack inducing winner go home game so that's what i'm looking forward to what about you yeah i'll say the same exact thing because once you know i'm excited i'll feel so much better once i see Encarnacion and sanchez in the lineup and it'll be nice i feel i you know close out the stadium in texas it's a good hitting ballpark so i feel like the yankees will start to hit people will start to relax kind of getting tired of people freaking um that's what yankee fans do yeah, and then yeah, just playoff baseball is going to be back, even if it's not um, not us in it yet, which is 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 fun and relaxing because you could see all the other teams beat each other up. Excuse me, Yankees were in it three of the last four years, but the Mets were in it the one year the Yankees were in. So this will be the first time in five years the wild card game is not at Yankee Stadium. Hmm. So uh, I'm not at not, not in, New, in York, New York. Excuse me, you know what I meant. God damn it. Um, but yeah, that. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully we get a one-game playoff in there, too. Why not? Yeah, that would be Little fun. Indians Rays. Man, can you imagine the travel for the Rays if that happened? Because wouldn't they have to – they would theoretically have to, what, go to Cleveland and then go to Oakland and then – Houston. And then Houston. <laughs> that would be intense. 
Yeah, I mean, at least they're not. Well, I mean, you know, Cleveland's technically in the Eastern Time Zone, but they're pretty they're pretty close to the line there. Yeah, I think Detroit is the farthest west you can go, but um, at least they're not like bouncing back and forth. It's like once they get out to the West Coast, they just have to fly south to Houston, south southeast slightly, but. Anyway, that'll be tough for them, which, you know, whatever, screw them. They play in that awful ballpark. <laughs> yeah, I just want, I would love to see some chaos. We won't see it in the National League anymore because the Cubs decided to fall flat on their face, but hopefully we get something in the American League to keep things exciting for the end of the regular season and early next week. But other than that, the next time we speak, we will be previewing a Yankees playoff series. That's, that's it, exactly. And, uh, yeah, just everybody enjoy this last week where you don't have to have a heart attack. And uh, next week we'll be getting ready for the for the stressful times. Stressful but it's been a, it's been a it's been a an exciting regular season. I don't know if fun is the word I would use. And uh, happy we this is our first full season. I feel like we're limping here in the last episode, but uh, we made it through. We're going to take a couple days off, <laughs> you know, expand rosters and um, get ready for the postseason. That sounds good to me. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening and making it through this entire regular season with us, and we will talk to you next week for the playoffs. Talk to you later, everybody.